Hello and welcome to Animalia. We are back after a very long break. Well, I mean, not so long because we did actually release that episode that we recorded before our break. We're back after (laughs) about a three-week break. (laughs) But for us, it's been a lot longer. Yep, yep. So we're going to do the whole thing again like we did last time of like, so it's been a while, but what have we been up to? Well, we've all done really interesting things, so it's a good reason to do that. Yeah, maybe we'll get Dave to start. Dave's here. I took a bit of a holiday, um, went up to Darwin, then got a bus all the way down to Alice Springs and just experienced Northern Territory. And yeah, it's really great. Any any quick highlights? Non-animal related, just fun highlights? Uh, it's been in the Red Center, seeing all the Roo um, and all the main rock formations in that area. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll get to that at some point. Before yeah, I I've back. never actually been either. So. Yeah, like, I guess not many young Australians do it and all the... German backpackers were saying, oh, it's unusual to see you here, but it's good. We're <laughs> glad that you're doing this. Very nice. Well, I've been kind of everywhere since I think our last recording and our last update. I've been back to the States for more and more weddings because it seems that's the only reason, it's pretty much the only reason I go travel for vacation. And then I went to another wedding, but this time in uh, Brazil. And that was uh, pretty wow. fantastic. Yeah. So I got, that's so cool. Yeah. I went to uh, Rio, went to an island called Ilabella, which is beautiful island and then i went to sao paulo so i had like a two-week sprint around parts of uh brazil which is really fun that's amazing, amazing. Yeah. yeah you didn't know that you didn't know i went i didn't know you i knew you'd been to america yeah i, I, I got south america <laughs> <laughs> it's all america right yeah yeah it was a quick quick little sneak off though i kind of i planned it it was the most spontaneous of our band i bought a tickets two weeks before and just disappeared wow, oh, wow. yeah yeah um yeah well i've been away too so i went to um Germany for a conference and then we traveled to Switzerland as well and then to England so yeah that was pretty awesome I've never been to any of those places before so that's that was awesome. incredible yeah. yeah all right so let's go back on topics we're talking about animals here not our own travels uh, <laughs> quick animal part of the trip you enjoyed the most so an animal you saw experienced something like that um well being in the northern territory naturally saw quite a few crocodiles unfortunately captive ones not wild um what well, means it technically doesn't count Huh? <laughs> classic classic bird yeah uh, yeah i saw heaps of wild birds but yeah um yeah and no, i captive saltwater crocodiles and cool. can't believe how big they actually are when you see them in person like four meters or so and it's they're pretty scary things oh i saw them but at the australia zoo because i did the mm. dorky i was obsessed with steve Irwin, so i had to go see his zoo oh, and perfect. they are insane they are it makes no sense they're just too big yeah. <laughs> well, my animal that I saw is it's going to be bird related because I love them. In Brazil, I got to see a ton of birds, specifically toucans, because they're incredible, oh, amazing so little jealous. creatures. Yeah. <laughs> and there's in a botanic gardens in the middle of uh, Rio, and it was just awesome. And it's like the one bird I can get all my friends excited about who I was with. So <laughs> that's also a bonus when people want to see birds. Yeah. Rather they, than like, how cool, there's another little brown thing. Oh, yeah. I saw a woodpecker and they're like, cool. And just kept walking. It's like, yeah. no, it's a, it's a woodpecker <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Woodpeckers are amazing though. Incredible. Yeah. All right, Annie, you're up. Yeah. So my, my highlight was seeing the mute swans in Europe. That was pretty incredible because because my research is about black swans in Melbourne. I've obviously spent a lot of time with swans. And so seeing these animals that look so much like my swans, my black swans, but so different. Yeah, they're they're so much bigger. Their feet are just huge. Well, 
uh, in preparation for this, um, we wanted to play potentially a little game based on Annie's travels through England and seeing the mute swan. Yeah. So swan. our next segment on this is going to be Annie Swan Minute. I don't know. I don't know how long this will take. I mean, our estimates of things are traditionally very off. So I think we don't put a time limit on it. We just say... Any swan game. Swan time. Any swan time. (laughs) (laughs) So here, this next segment is any swan time. We're going to ask Annie some questions about swans and she's going to tell us some facts. All right. Do you want to ask a question, Farley? Do you have a swan question that you're dying to ask? That one I'm dying to ask. Um... So I've read a lot on the internet about swans mating for life. Is it true? So it depends on the swan. So the black swans here in Australia, they are socially monogamous, which means that they have one partner at a time usually, and they can stay with their partner for a very long time. But they don't necessarily mate for life. So there's matings that occur outside the partnership, so about – uh, one in seven eggs in a nest might be from a swan that is not the social father. So there's, there's a, been there's some a little promiscuous nature going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, swans will also divorce. the The divorce rate too is quite a bit higher in black swans than in. So, for example, mute swans, the divorce rate is apparently about four percent, where they've been measured in at least in Poland, where one study came from. So. Like 4% is low. That is low rates of divorce. That's insanely low, yeah. Yeah. And black swans too. Like if something happens to their partner, they'll find someone else. They're, yeah. Do the divorced, so when they divorce, they stay in the same pond? So in Upper Park, where you have your population, do the oh, divorcees yeah. see each other? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have... Um, <laughs> so is it a peaceful thing or is it like they're a little angry with each yeah, other? Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Like, for example, there's um, a couple of swans down at Albert Park that um, we have really good information on their, their pairing history. And so um, they they split up. Um, he found someone new. She actually then afterwards got attacked by a dog and... Um, broke her wing and so she had to go to a wildlife carer for a while. And so she's very recognisable. So she's got a dodgy wing. She went back to Albert Park again and you can, but she still hangs out pretty much with like their grown kids and him and his partner and in that same kind of area, like that she's just kind of around. Um, Weird. And he's gone through like another three or four partners since God, then as well. Just a player, just a serious player. A serious one player, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had some, this is probably one of my favourite things about studying animals too is like you get these little stories like um Izzy who we talked with in a previous episode so she worked with the black swans as well and um so she was looking at their pairing behavior and she actually found that there were these there were these two separate pairs of swans one swan left her partner to be with her ex-partner and he did the same and then the two remaining swans sort of hung around on their own for a week and then it was sort of like well how about it? And then they <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. And so they got together. Didn't last. Didn't go for very long. But um, yeah, the two ex partners that paired up, like they they built their nest in exactly the place where she built her nest with her other partner the previous year. And like, wait, so the other two were just sad and lonely, so they paired up for a bit. <laughs> it didn't work. It, out. it, it was the like rebound. It, it just yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah, rebound. Yeah, they were both <laughs> left brokenhearted. <laughs> That's good to know that swans are kind of like us in that sense. They are a bit. Yeah. yeah. The more time you spend with animals, the more, I don't know, they are quite a lot like us. Um, so more questions about swans. 
Um, catching swans. You've done a lot of that. Just want to describe the people as like to catch swans? <laughs> I feel like all I need to say is we catch them by hand. So you can sort of picture that. How that goes. I don't think I'll say anything more on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. It is very weird to describe and yeah. very entertaining though. How many people do you have to catch one swan? How many people Ooh. do you need? Okay. So minimum that I've done, which I would never do again, is with me and one volunteer, we mm-hmm. caught one swan and all six of her signets at once. Oh, wow. um, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> well, no, we, we did it. It was fine, but it was it was stressful. So I think um, after that I set a rule of at least three of us, but it depends on where the swans are. So if you have swans on land that you're trying to catch, mm-hmm. you want a big group of people so you can surround them. Don't try this at home. Uh, back to mute swans. Why are they called mute swans? Yeah, are they actually so, mute? No. No, so they're not actually mute. It's, that's an interesting one because I've been asked that a bit since I've been sharing around photos, being like, wow, mute swans are so cool. And they're like, why are they mute swans? Could they not talk? Well, yeah, it's like most most birds are called something on purpose. Like a black swan obviously is black. Yeah. Or trumpeter swan. I know those are really loud ones. Yeah. Yeah. So mute swans are essentially mute swans because they're called that because they are less loud than the, the other swans that have been previously described. So trumpeter swans, it's in the name. Um, so yeah, mute swans, they don't honk, they make grunting noises and they hiss and they make all kinds of sounds, but they don't honk in the same way that a lot of other swans, including the black swans do. That's, that's true. I've been hissed at many times by mute swans. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, the whole swan song thing, there's that myth that the mute swans give one last song just before they die. That's, that's not true. Is that why they call the swan song? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so it's, dumb. It's, from I always, it. it's a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I always wondered why they say it called the swan song. I didn't realize it was because swans. Really, it's based on the fact that they thought swans gave one last honk before they died. (laughs) Like, oh, I just croak. (laughs) I think it's from an ancient myth or something, um, the swan song. And so the idea is that the swans sing this beautiful song right before they die. So it's become, yeah, a phrase for a final gesture or effort or something or performance. I mean, I'm Um, sure it's happened on occasion. I mean, coincidentally. <laughs> like a, yeah, like you're just like losing air out of your throat, so it just comes out or something. Mm. Or just, they don't just sing anyway. They, they don't sing. No, no. they just They honk. make ridiculous noises. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's very, bo- I mean, to call that a song is it's a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't know that. I did not know it was actually based on swans. It's funny. It makes yeah. sense. I'm kind of an idiot for not realizing that, but. No, no, I, I don't think I realized that for a long time either. Um. Yeah, I always think the the black swans in particular, they sound like out of tune bassoons to me. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> they sound like just instruments that have not been tuned in a very long time. Um, how about the myth of the queen and her ownership of swans? Yeah, so that's based a little bit on truth. So technically, the Queen of England owns the swans that are unmarked on open water in the UK, I think is the. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah. So, so swans were, um, have historically been marked for ownership. So, um, and marking a swan was a very elite thing, very expensive. So owning a swan was a really big deal, owning your own swans and even, yeah, basically having swan privileges is sort of sets you apart. As swan 
I want to be. I want to be that rich one day. <laughs> you just have swan privileges. I found this um great great article. I'll share it on um, social media. I think um yeah, it sort of goes into that history of how how swans have been viewed in particularly in British history and yeah, actually. So one thing I was going to mention too is that this this whole topic seemed kind of timely in terms of swan swans part of their their history of being very. So associated with wealth mm. is that they were for wealthy people and mm-hmm. a feature piece of the dish for Christmas Day. So Christmas oh. dinner um, would be you have a have a swan. Well, they'd be incredible, mm. right? They're huge. Yeah, apparently quite tough though. Yeah, maybe a little muscular because they mm. had to get all that weight up in the air. Yeah. Okay, so what is the largest swan? Largest swan is the trumpeter swan. Mm-hmm. They're not we were actually looking this up earlier today of which are the heaviest flying birds. So coming in in number one was the busted, a busted, a busted I think in yeah. Africa. Yeah, they lied. Internet lies often, everybody. So check your sources because every <laughs> site I looked up said the heaviest bird that flies is a trumpeter swan. Yeah, not it true. is not true. Wow. It's a it's a busted. Yeah. It's 14.5 kilos. Is that right? I think it was more than that. I think that that's the trumpeter one. Actually. That's the trumpeter I'm saying. No, yeah. the buster oh, yeah, was yeah, 18. Yeah. Yeah. Buster was 18. That's it. For people that don't know kilos, for <laughs> our American listeners, 18 is like 40 something pounds. It's nuts. How does the albatross compare with these? Oh, yeah. Albatross is, I think, came in second, was it? Okay. Um, because that would have been my pick just off the top of my head. They're, seabirds are weird, though, because they're actually not as heavy because their bones are really. No, actually, it wasn't an albatross that came in. It was um, the condor. Condor, oh. yeah, but they no, they only came in because of how long their wingspan is. It's like ten mm, feet. Yeah, yeah. So when you've been catching swans, they've probably been quite aggressive. But normally, are they usually aggressive? Just every day, doing their own thing. I think everyone you speak to has had some childhood traumatic event involving a swan like that's been <laughs> one thing that i've gained from my phd is hearing everyone's traumatic swan stories in australia too yeah yeah in australia too but um i feel like i don't know maybe maybe this is me sort of projecting a bit from what i know else about the swans but they're not that aggressive they mm. the black swans are much more communal too than um say mute swans they will live in groups and so they have to get along a bit more the times you see them being most aggressive is just when they're protecting their young yeah um when they're approached by dogs because they have a lot of them have had bad experiences with dogs as well um or when or when you're feeding them then they can get aggressive too and that's a general thing too with fe- feeding birds. They can animals in general. They can start to become more aggressive because they're. That's not really their fault. They just want food. They just want food, they and they know food. you have it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone gets hangry. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good point. <laughs> animals get hangry too. Yeah, but yeah, I think the thing is too that people don't realize that it's not. It's not so much that swans bite. I've very rarely had swans bite me, except for immediately after telling volunteers that they de- never bite and I've never <laughs> been bitten. I was bitten by a swan and had to pretend it didn't hurt. But um, Oh, that's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you told me that story. <laughs> Pretending uh, it actually didn't hurt. Yeah. Oh, he gripped me on the, the skin on the palm of my hand. His oh. beak was just gripping onto there and I was like, yeah, that's interesting. They've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't it also happen you were catching them? 
them once and you fell into the water after just telling a volunteer that, oh, no, you never fall in the water. Oh, no, no one's, no one's ever fallen in the lake. That was their <laughs> first question. It's like, do people, how often do people fall in the lake? It's like, no one ever falls in the lake. And then like literally half an hour later, I fell in the lake. <laughs> By the way, the lake is not clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it was not graceful. Classic swan pose. Two swans coming together and making a heart. Why do they do that? <laughs> is it just happenstance that their necks are shaped like that? Yeah, a little bit. So I think you see a lot of photos going around on the internet of like, this is love. How beautiful is this? And a lot of the time it is probably two male swans in an aggressive <laughs> stance um, fighting for territory. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like it, it can be, it can be a pair. So with the black swans, for example, they'll do this particular call called a triumph which they do with their partner or with family where they call and they bob their heads up and down so if you happen to be at the right angle at the right time and they're bobbing their heads up and down you might get them lined up in a heart but more often what it will be is two male swans swimming in opposite directions and then swimming side by side and they turn around and so they're both swimming with their feathers all fluffed up and their head bowed down sort of eyeing each other off um so it looks really pretty but it looks really pretty but they're pretty cross with each other yeah yeah, so this is a, a territory aggressive display. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> so uh, Annie has been talking about this forever, <laughs> and she really wants to post a video about this. So how do swans have sex? Black swan sex is the funniest thing you will ever see. I, uh, <laughs> it's so good. So so they, they mate on the water, which already you can sort of picture two big birds can pose a problem. Um, <laughs> I cannot picture that. That's so funny. That's like a thing you think people yeah. should picture. Like, oh yeah, big birds on water. You're going to have a problem. <laughs> All right. So they, they start out by, I really want to use hand gestures, but you'll just have to picture this. So they start out with, um, they dip their heads into the water and then they cross their necks. And so they're kind of going back and forth and it looks really strange. Like their whole, they get their whole body into it and they, they're dipping their heads, crossing their necks going back and forth and then the female will sort of stop and be ready and then the male will get on top of the female and then for quite a long time the female will just completely sink under the water. She'll just vanish and you'll just watch being like she's going to drown, like she's been under there for too long. It just looks so uncomfortable and then at the very end the male grabs the female by the back of the neck, pulls her head above the water and she cries out. And then they go their separate ways and preen for a very long time. What? <laughs> Wait, he drags, pulls her head up out of the water. Uh, yeah. With, with the beak. Yeah. So he grabs her, the back of the, her neck with his <laughs> what else, what wheels. With you? <laughs> I'm trying to picture <laughs> his, little, his little wing just cupping her underneath the neck and pulling her <laughs> Yeah. Like how gentle was it? I don't think it does, it does it, not it, sound gentle <laughs> at all. Yeah, no. You you would think that he's trying to drown her by looking at it, but um. What yeah. is what is the little noise? At oh, the end? good. Okay, okay, okay. This is. This well, is we'll, we'll just post a video. So no, 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 no. <laughs> I want I want to show you. I want to show you because then you can hear it. You guys should watch this. Come come around here and I'll. I'll by the way, everybody for that is listening, <laughs> Annie has been wanting to play this video for the podcast for so long. This is that is that is a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's <laughs> been brought up multiple times. All right, all right. No, no. All right, so th- these are the so they're doing the the neck bobby thing. So the honking is them. You can hear them, and you can hear the splashing a bit as well. 
Sorry about the terrible audio quality. <laughs> and then he wriggles his way on top of her. He's sort of, oh, no, he's sort of in the wrong position right now. They're sort of, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he has to wriggle around a bit to get in the right spot. There we go. There we go. And so now she's sunk. Yeah, just her, a bit of her neck is sticking out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so they both crawl out together. And then they sort of swim off in different directions and don't look at each other. <laughs> They're just both ashamed. <laughs> they must know how embarrassing it is. <laughs> I've been told that um, mute swans are quite a bit more graceful, but um, uh, it's they just make so no, funny. And they probably make no noise doing it. Just silence. <laughs> just silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that is all. That's all I had to say. Do you is there anything else that? That's Annie Swan time. Annie yeah. Swan time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never listed all the swans. You've said enough about swans. How many swans? Are there? How many swan species? In the entire world. In the entire world. Well, there's one in Australia. There's <laughs> three in the States. Do we just have one? We have the black swans um, that have also been introduced to New Zealand as well. Okay. okay. I'm guessing, I'm going to say Asia has three. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> and I'm going to say Africa has between, I would say two. I'm going to say there's 12 species of swans in the whole world. 12, 12 is a good number. It's not the correct number. Damn it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's in... Wait up. You guess. I guess. <laughs> well, I'm the least qualified person to talk about animals in what? this room. Um, I just guessed based on how big a country is I gave them more swans. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do I get a hint? I said 12. Oh, can I... <laughs> um, 12 days of Christmas. How many swans? In the in the song in the song of my true love gave to me. That's it. under twelve. Was it six or seven? Seven something swans. I don't know. Seven swans are swimming. Is it? Yeah. Is it seven? So there are well six or seven, depending on whether there's a particular group that could be one species or could be described as two. They've got different migration um, places. So there's the black swans in Australia. There's the mute swans, which we've already discussed. There's trumpeter swans, which are North American. We've got the hooper swans as well that are in Europe and Asia in the winter. And there's the tundra swans, so they're the ones that could be two species. So there's the buicks and the whistling. Mm. And there's also the one that people don't seem to have heard of much, the black-necked swans of South America. Yeah. Hmm. So pretty much every continent has one. Let's go with that. Yeah, so seven continents, <laughs> right? It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's the final spawn fact. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, we will hopefully be returning very shortly with a couple more episodes. We don't want to have another long gap like we did before last one. We should stop focusing on the long gap. I feel like the less we speak of the long gap. There was no gap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we hope to return with some more fun episodes and... Uh, yeah, excited for the new year. Yeah. We have many more fun people lined up. In my mind, at least I did. We have people lined up. <laughs> we have more people we lined up. We have more people lined up. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Animalia Podcast is hosted by Annie Orsbrook and Farley Connolly, with occasional interjections by me, the sound engineer David Roker. Our logo is designed by Osvaldo Branklin-Yong, and all original music is by Sean Pratt.